Creative New Zealand, the Arts Council of New Zealand, have announced a major overhaul of its funding structure this week, with eight new funds in place from the start of next year. It follows consultation with the creative sector after the funding agency faced criticism that its current arts grant system is no longer fit for purpose. The overhaul includes what many in the arts have long been calling for, funding streams based around supporting artists to create that aren't dependent on final project production. Artists and organisations can now apply to separate funds from each other and there's also an early career grant uh, including the support of mentors, a residencies, internships and fellowships fund and a programme to support new leaders. Uh, those have all been introduced. None of these newly announced funds impact CNZ's existing programmes for established organisations or the Creative Communities Scheme. Meanwhile, uh, the recipient of a $5.3 million contract through Creative New Zealand last year to develop a digital arts service is again under fire. Speaking to the National Business Review this week, composer and sound engineer Ant Smith has criticised We Are Indigo for not having enough arts experience and for being more focused on creating non-fungible tokens, or as we call them NFTs, than on their CNZ-funded work. Ant Smith is known for his work with bands Salmonella Dub, Fat Freddy's Drop and Trinity Roots, and in the film world. Creative New Zealand, meanwhile, have made it clear that We Are Indigo's F- NFT business is separate from Toy Rua, which is the digital arts commissioning and capability service they've funded, which has a focus on Māori and Pacifica artists. The NBR reports that in June, Smith and his fellow media producer Joff Ray and a collection of others quit working with Toy Rua after only a few months. Ray is executive producer of the agency iSparks, which is, was an unsuccessful applicant for the Creative New Zealand contract. The New Zealand Screen Producers Guild, SPARTA, have this week called for the government to regulate international streaming platforms by requiring them to pay a levy on their New Zealand revenue. President Irene Gardner notes they currently pay no tax in New Zealand, face no regulation and use the same broadband infrastructure that's been funded partly by our government, while at the same time impacting on advertising revenue and local broadcasting. Gardner says many other artists have introduced ways to regulate streamers. But in brighter news, New Zealand Opera have unveiled their 2024 programme this week under new General Director Brad Cohen and includes the New Zealand premiere of chamber opera Mansfield Park, that's the uh, Jane Austen novel, which has been set to music by contemporary English composer Jonathan Dove. I've also got uh, Rossini comedy Le Comte Audi and Verdi's Rigoletto. Meanwhile, uh, the Ministry for Culture and Heritage, Manatu Tonga, have this week released annual statistics that show that the arts and creative sector contribute $14.9 billion to New Zealand's GDP. That was for the year ending March 2022. The arts and creative sector percentage of the total economy at 4.2% is now at the highest since recording started in 2000. And the report states that... For more than 115,000 people in New Zealand, the creative sector is their primary employment. 32% of those creatives are self-employed. And finally, lines continue to be drawn and redrawn over how and where artists can speak out about the violence in Gaza. Increasing pressure is going on the institutions and platforms that represent artists to support them. 
This Wednesday in Wellington, Mayor, Mayor Tori Fano took action to preserve what she called the role of art to help us digest unimaginable harm and things we may struggle to comprehend. She directed council staff not to remove a painted sign in a city park, which was calling for a ceasefire in Gaza, and it was painted in a space the city reserved for free expression, but where earlier in the week council staff had removed a free Palestine sign. Earlier this month, hundreds of prominent New Zealand artists, from Jermaine Clement to the Beth, signed an open letter to government as artists for ceasefire. It's a letter that, an open letter that's been published on the New Zealand art website Pantograph Punch. But tensions over free speech continue to grow internationally. On Thursday of this week, um, well-known Chinese artist Ai Weiwei said his new exhibition in London had been cancelled because he'd made pro-Palestinian comments on social media referencing the Israeli-Gaza conflict. And in another high-profile fallout in New York, the editor of one of the world's leading art publications, Art Forum, um, David Falaski, was fired after publishing a letter signed by thousands of artists calling for a ceasefire in Gaza and for Palestinian liberation. Some are now threatening to boycott that magazine and to complicate things, the original open letter, which has since been added to on Art Forum, made no mention of the Hamas attacks on Israel. Also this week, making newspaper headlines, the entire curatorial committee of one of the most prestigious art events in the world, Documenter in Germany. All of the curators have resigned en masse over a dispute with the administrators related to the Israel-Hamas war. But as the Wellington City Council example shows, Aotearoa has not been exempt. In October, Auckland Museum apologised for the hurt caused after it staged a light display in support of Israel after the Hamas attacks. And this weekend in New Zealand, an open letter stated, starting, started circulating via social media asking New Zealand cultural institutions to call for a ceasefire.